greeted you all and uh, I've hit record as well. We just, uh, as you know, we record these sessions. Uh, all of them are available pretty much or, or will be on the Unfailing Waters website. Some of them are available on the uh, Unfailing Waters YouTube channel as well. So big thanks to Chris for keeping that up to date and uh, um, doing all the technical work on that. It's much appreciated. Um, so uh, welcome everyone. It's good to see you. And uh, when I joined the signal, I was running a bit late and there were only nine of us on. So I wondered if uh, we'd managed to put some of you off, but there's a good number now. Uh, so it's nice to nice to see different folk and different folk around the world again. So uh, bless you for for tuning in. And uh, I hope you're aware that our plan uh, this this day, this evening here in the UK uh, is to do things slightly differently than we've done before and um, have something more of a, a kind of Q&A question and answer uh, opportunity. So um, and. Uh, as you may know, we've we've been going through this True Church series. This is actually our 28th session, and uh, we're we're planning to draw this to a close over the next few weeks. But the last I don't know how many weeks now we've been thinking particularly about uh, the gatherings of the Lord's people, uh, particularly from 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 and uh, trying to understand something more of God's heart, his, his pattern for his church when they gather, when they meet, what then, brothers and sisters, when we come together. And, uh, and of course, all of us, uh, I imagine, are familiar with all sorts of different church gatherings over the years, and uh, undoubtedly, we have questions. And so really, the, the, the heart behind this session was to be able to ask some questions and, and maybe hopefully kind of ground it in some of our experience, uh, maybe some of the things that we're struggling with or thinking through ourselves in our own context and, and trust that it will be something that will be helpful for others as well. So um, I hope that sounds OK. I'm not quite sure how it's going to how it's going to unfold, but we trust the Lord. Uh, to, to minister to us and to encourage our hearts. And this will be a, an edifying time together. Uh, so um, I've had a couple people uh, send questions to me uh, on email. Um, now, if, has anyone, maybe just a, just might be helpful. If you If you know you've kind of got a question up your sleeve that you're hoping to ask this evening, could you just give me a wave? <laughs> a half a half a wave half a wave okay so uh anyway it may be that other people's questions provoke your question a question in in your heart there we're not it doesn't look like we're going to be overwhelmed with lots of questions so maybe that's not a bad thing but a, a chance just to think through some things in detail oh bernard's raising his hand you've got a question have you, I, just, I just found that little thing <laughs> <laughs> Down the bottom, reactions. Okay, so uh, you've got a question for yourself, have you, Bernard? No, no, I was just playing. Okay, <laughs> I'll start playing as well. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that reaction thing before. Okay, I, I don't know how to get rid of it now. Uh, you go back down there and uh, there's an off, I think, is it? 
<laughs> I thought you were muted anyway. Uh, I, I unmuted myself. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't know how to get rid of that heart now. So I, I'll just leave it up there for a while and hope it isn't a distraction for anyone. Um, so it's gone. Oh, okay. Okay, great. So let's just be at ease. And, and in a sense, we hope this is somehow um, more conversational. Uh, if you've got something to chip in, feel free just to give me a wave. If you've got a question that kind of comes to you as we're going, feel free to put it on the chat, either to me privately or or to everyone, and we'll try and make sure we kind of get a chance to to ask that question. Uh, but but just um, feel feel free and feel at ease to to um, to contribute to. Uh, you know, if you feel you've got something to add to a, to an answer or, or, or part of the conversation, do feel free to, to chip in as well. So I hope that that sounds OK. And uh, let's see. Is Hazel still there, Bernard? Yes, she is. Of course. Just wondering if you would pray for us, Hazel. Is that is that OK? Of course. I don't abandon ship. <laughs> Maybe at some point anyway. <laughs> OK. Father, it's on to you that we meet. Mm. You are the central one, Lord, that we are conscious of, even though we're conscious of one another, we're conscious of the distance that divides us. But Lord, above all, we bless you for your spirit that joins our hearts, and we're very conscious of that joining Mm. that is deep within us. Lord, thank you that you say that all things are ours, Lord, and we thank you that this evening you've given us a gift again to just be with one another Mm. and enjoy your presence and enjoy one another's presence, Lord. Fill this time. Don't let it be different for the sake of being different. Lord, we pray that you will just help us to receive freely your liberal gifts. Lord, help us to participate if that's what you want. Lord, just move our hearts so Mm, that we're mm. in the time that you've given us. It's so important, Lord, that we recognize the urgency of the days in which we live and even the urgency of the time that we're in now. Mm. Lord, you are present. You are here with us and you fill all things. And we glorify your name together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I I feel like it it's uh, just important to recognise that we're all we're all learners. We're all still in the school, aren't we? And I'm sure you know Bernard himself. You know Bernard would say that he's still very much in the school, and 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 really, it's our heart to learn from the Lord and His heart and His pattern. And so we just come with with open hearts and uh, an appetite to to learn and press in more to. The things of the Lord. So, Bernard, do you want to say anything before we kind of delve into it, some questions, or should I set you up with a question? Or, yeah, no, I don't need to say anything, uh, uh, <laughs> Mark. Just, uh, I'm quite open to try and help where I can. Well, maybe just as a kind of general opener, um, you know, you've obviously been to many different meetings in many different places. 
over many years. And uh, um, I, I suppose I'm just interested as you as you go to a meeting, what are the what are the kind of maybe for the first time, maybe it's, that's helpful to think of you're going somewhere you've not been before. And maybe you don't even know m- many of the people, but what what kind of thing are you hoping for or looking for as you as you go to that place to you know that, that encourages you? What um, is that a difficult question, or are there some things that immediately you kind of think, you know, uh, I'm encouraged as I as I en- as I even as I enter this place, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, as we gather, the, the Lord will, will be in the midst and, and so on. Mm. Yes, um, one of the things that I would say is the teachable hearts, childlike spirit. Um, you know that, um, mm-hmm. for instance, we had a Zoom at lunchtime yeah. with folks, some from Malaysia, or most of them were from Malaysia. And there is a distinct liberty among them, yeah. uh, which would not be true of s- certain other Zoom meetings that we do. Um, yeah. Distinct teachableness uh, a, a, a hunger and a thirst and um I, I guess you could really say it's like jesus said a childlike spirit um which makes them very vulnerable in a way yeah. so that the malaysian brothers and sisters in some cases are yeah. quite vulnerable to error or to fads and fashions that come through but it also is a characteristic that makes them very very responsive and ready to hear Um, so I guess that that sort of atmosphere makes it much more easy to share the Lord and where the word is drawn out from you. Yeah, exactly. So I reckon that that would be one of the key things. Um, I would be also very aware of places which are riddled with suspicion and pride. We know... We don't need any any ministry. We know what it's all about. <laughs> and so that sort of atmosphere is um, not congenial to the ministry of the Spirit, I, I don't think. Um, if that helps at all as a kick-off, um, Mark. Okay, no, that's, that's great. Thank you, now, um, has anyone got a got a question there that that you've kind of got in mind that you wanted to ask today? Um, what uh, I see, Yvonne, just uh, waving her hand. There is that okay, Yvonne? If you uh, unmute yourself and and uh, ask a, ask a question. Yeah. 
Um, Mervyn um, mentioned a few moments ago, either we've missed something along the way or we're not grasping. Um, what, what cause or different causes um, caused the Corinthian church to err away? Because I remember Bernard saying it started well, and then that's why Paul instructed them. Uh, what actually caused them? To drift off. You mean the Corinthians? Yeah, the Corinthians. Yeah. yeah. Corinthians was, yes. Yeah, because you said they started well. Yeah, they were they were enriched with the gifts. That's how um, and spiritual life at the beginning. But of course, they had become lifted up with pride. That that was the that was the central problem. We know, yes. we have the answer, um, and that had essentially closed their hearts down, and it had gone so far as to the position where they had rejected Paul oh. to a real degree, um, and because they thought they knew better, and this is one of the reasons why Paul begins in chapter one by bringing them all to the cross. Um, he brings them all there. Um, and he, he brings home to their hearts the program, really. And I think this is important. Um, he said, God has chosen, you know, the weak things. The things that are not to bring to naught the things that are. That's the program. So if I want to know what God's program is in my life, he wants to bring to nothing the things that are. Um, and so that he can leave me with one person alone, which is Christ and all that is in him as my life and as the upspring of, of all life and ministry. And I mean, we may never have thought of it that way, but that's the program. So what is the explanation? So when you, when you gather together in a meeting, and we, we need to understand this very clearly, all this talk about everybody trying to find where their gifts are. Let's have a meeting to release your gift. It's quite wrong, quite upside down. It's not your gifts we want. It's, it's Christ who's given to the church. And uh, so the actual gatherings of the Lord's people are to pull down that it may be built up in Christ, you see. And, Therein lies a very important thing, isn't it? That so, I mean, there are people who go around, these so-called experts, trying to release people's gifts, um, helping them to find where their gift is. And they're not even particularly talking about gifts that come from God in Christ. They're talking about natural abilities. Mm. You know, you're a leader, you're a musician, you're a speaker, you're a this, you're a that, you're the other. 
and so on, totally upside down, totally upside down. Um, he or she who is in love with Jesus will find Jesus' love in their heart. And Jesus' love in their heart will move them to love others, to contribute, to give, to be released. Um, that's the way it works. So Paul was having to bring them back, really, to their nothingness, uh, to their humble place um, from which they had begun. And, um, uh, you know, there's much more I could say, but I'll, I'll stop there for this point and then um, on you go. Because I took a lot of notes. Mm. Um, we didn't come in on the first few sessions, but we've caught up, of course, over the weeks. But I took a lot of notes, but when I went back, Obviously, I've only got notes, so I've missed quite a bit out because of getting it down as you speak. <laughs> but we will listen to them all again yes. and uh, get a, a firmer grasp on it. I mean, we we understand what you're saying, but just lost some of it somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Yvonne. And uh, a, a, another another question. Um, remember, we're particularly focused in on on the gatherings of the Lord's people. Um, anything kind of rising in people's hearts, things they're grappling with. I've got loads of questions, so uh, I don't want to. Uh, no, I've got a whole I've got a whole uh, sheet here, so maybe us. I don't want to just turn this into a conversation with me and Bernard because I'm thinking on the page. Could I Chris, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I just um I just it's kind of a general um question about um spontaneity and premeditated um premeditated things and, 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 and where is there does it have to be do you see it being entirely spontaneous? Uh, spontane spontaneous, sorry. Um, in terms, of, sorry. Um, or is there, or um, is premeditation wrong? Is is kind of um, preconceived, like planned, um, planned messages? Mm. Are they wrong? Or completely wrong? Or is there? I don't know. So I just throw that open as a yes. quite big. <laughs> you know, um, one of the things, of course, is that it is, like Yvonne said, it's very elusive in one sense and very simple, the fundamental things. And if we don't get the fundamentals right, um, and uh, if we don't understand, for instance, something that tied someone up a little bit about the midday Zoom today and a question came was of course about um, she said that she had been taught by everyone that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and she had been taught that that means the Bible. Mm. 
every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, in all honesty, that is a very misguided idea. Because you appreciate that 80% of the early church were illiterate. And that there's plenty, I've preached in places where no one in the church except the pastor could read. So man living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the word being the Bible, of course, is misguided. Um, Jesus himself is the living word. And when God's actually said that through Moses in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, it actually doesn't say word. It says everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And as I pointed out, um, what else is proceeding out of the mouth of God as well as words? So right now, proceeding out of my mouth is breath. And out of God's mouth is breath. So there is something incredibly spontaneous about life, right? Spontaneity is fundamental to life, Mm -hmm. to breathing, to uh, moving through day by day by day by day. Um, Spontaneity is fundamental to being alive. But along with that, am I not, uh, as I have been growing and learning as a child, am I not gathering a certain amount of a reservoir of knowledge, of experience? So I'm not only spontaneous, but I'm also someone who's carrying uh, some weight of learned things. And so now life becomes not only spontaneous, but also has this content which I'm carrying. And so there is that which is, if you like, um, predetermined, pre-paired, pre-arranged. I'm carrying something like that. And part of the skill of my life, of course, must be that I do not allow what is prejudged, prepared, prearranged, everything that's in that reservoir of things that have gone before, to be the controlling factor. That's why I must turn to the Lord. I must be in a living communion and fellowship day by day with the Lord so that take for instance you anyone here who cares for the church 
brothers in particular, mm -hmm. without exception, brothers in particular, without exception, should be before God, mm -hmm. to be taught of God, to gather wisdom from God in Christ, to increase their reservoir of understanding of God and his ways so that they have a store, mm. a treasury, yes. out of which they can bring forth things new and old. Read the Bible carefully. Jesus did not say old and new. <laughs> Jesus said new and old. A, a, a wise scribe brings out of his treasury things new and old. And I will tell you this without any apology. One of the things that has prevented this taking place in the churches in general, one of the things has been the paid ministry. The pastor, whether it's the man with the collar, uh, or whether it is the motivational speaker who's done his doctor of ministry, this, that and the other, so that gradually church turns into a place of entertainment. The entertainer and the entertained. The teacher and the taught. So that um, no longer does the church in practice believe in the priesthood of all believers. And so... Uh, I, I emphasize this, that this is a responsibility particularly devolving upon the men. Mm -hmm. And I've met plenty of women, ladies, girls, uh, who have said things like that. It is ever so hard to find a godly man. And... Um, a real man. And, uh, of course, the, it, this is even worse nowadays. Um, and uh, part of Christian manhood is that us men are before God for his beloved church, that, that we are gathering. And in that context, of course, if a man, and I'm sorry, ladies, if I sound like I'm accenting the male, but you see, the ladies run before the men. Always. They're more responsive. And uh, it's a sad thing and um, that that happens so that you, you won't find a shortage of ladies who want to go on the mission field or something like that or serve like that, but you will find a shortage of men. I was in a college of 140 students. Probably half of them were men. And uh, 
I was told I was only the only man in the faculty who wanted to go on the mission field. All the rest just wanted to be pastors. With a study at home and so on. And it might sound rather hard, but the breakdown, let this be clear, the breakdown is, is, a, is a complete confusion about the priesthood of all believers. And um, so that's something I want to speak at length about one, on one of these occasions, because the priesthood is the heart of all ministry. Uh, when a man, if a man is an apostle in this life, he won't be one in the life to come. Or a prophet in this life, he won't be a prophet in the world to come. Such things will have been done away with, but he will continue to share in the priesthood of our Lord Jesus. And the priesthood is the heart of all ministry. And uh, that that warrants a whole session to, to be talked about. Um, so you've got this mixture, Chris, really, of that which you have this treasury being built up. And as you walk humbly with God, the Lord will draw upon that treasury and he will quicken something out of that treasury to you and alongside it you are to expect that which is new where that which is new is being shown you as well so that everything is a, a living uh, you are growing you are understanding and sometimes that new if you're not in bondage to your notes and what has been uh, prearranged in your, but you see, in other words, you know, you think of myself or let, let's just talk about David Pawson. David Pawson was known to say in his lifetime, every five minutes you listen to me represents an hour of preparation and waiting on God that I have done in the last week. Plus decades before. Um, so that there you've got something that's very potent. Now we know that he was a particular teacher um, and so on. So you've got this wonderful mixture and uh, some of us, well, if it helps, I'll mention what I did in one church where we were, and I had pastoral responsibility. Many of the younger brothers, because they understood the priesthood of all believers, and the meetings were in such a way where there was room for ministry and where everybody <laughs> understood you did not have to fill an hour or you did not have to fill half an hour. Uh, you didn't even have to fill 15 minutes. You had to bring forth that that the Lord had quickened to you. And so it was 
that maybe in a Sunday morning meeting of 300 people, uh, there might be five or six young men, all under 30, who would share the ministry together entirely spontaneously. One thing flowing to another and, and dovetailing together. And I took it upon myself, I feel it was in the Lord, that I was able to say to some of those young men, because uh, I knew them well, to say one of them, I'd say, you would be benefited by jotting down a note or two. Mm. Uh, you know, you would be benefited by uh, having a framework to work on. To another one, I might say to him, you know, brother, put your notes down and let your heart go. <laughs> you know, opposite counsel <laughs> to to opposite people. Everybody understanding. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not one against the other. Mm. Yeah. It's a blend. It's together. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great, I think. Uh, that's, Thank you. That's, yeah. yeah, just... Precious. I mean, it isn't there isn't just a, an easy answer, is there? Sometimes we want easy answers, but we're valuing people and, and uh, the way right. the Lord is working in people uh, in, in us over many years. And uh, uh, I, I suppose, you know, what we're wanting to push away from to some degree is that kind of sense of. I'm just planning a talk, I'm going to do the talk and then I'm going to move on to something else. And there's not a kind of deep working that the Lord's, you know, that it's really coming from him and from the spirit rather than this academic exercise of putting together a talk yes. is not what we want uh, in, a, in a planned way. Uh, this kind of leads on to a question that someone sent me on, on the email. Uh, they said to, that they visited uh, Western Springs Baptist Church, which apparently was the only church where Billy Graham was a pastor. And he says it's like many churches, um, well-prepared, competent praise team, uh, doing contemporary praise and worship, not particularly loud, sensitive, including some hymns, but a strictly ordered schedule. Uh, the pastor and other members of the church were very welcoming and friendly. The church has a strong missions focused, uh, very good biblical preaching, good ministries, good programs, and so on. And this brother who sent this question in says, but how do we who believe that the Lord is speaking to the churches or, or maybe to put it a different way, the Lord has a has a different pattern for his churches in these days? How do we make a difference in that kind of contact? Should we say or do anything? Uh, the churches are doing many good things, he said, and, and he says he's he's tried to send some of what's been written, some articles, some links, some audio to encourage people in their thinking about what it means to be the church and what it means to gather, but he, he, he almost never gets any response. Um, and he, he finishes by saying, people understandably are afraid to change how things have always been done. And then, the, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a, char a church that he's particularly linked with, but he says, do we continue connected with those churches? Or how do we continue connected to those churches and at the same time, the way he puts it is return to our, our first love or, or to maybe to put it a different way, you know, to, to, to really want the Lord and, and his way, his heart 
um, his simplicity and sincerity in, in the churches. Does that does that make sense? I've kind of tried to paraphrase the question a little bit. Yes, yes, I I, I understand the dilemma very much, um, very very much. Uh, someone wrote to me um, this past few days. Um, if I simplified things down to church, the Lord's people, not just in their gatherings, but in a local place where the Lord's people meet. As far as I understand, there are three main components. Um, it is a place where you hear where the word of the Lord is spoken and is coming through. So that is a fundamental component uh, where the voice of the Lord is heard. Second point is that the Lord's church in a local, local body should be a place of living fellowship. Uh, you understand that the church is not the amount of people that gather, but the church is made up of the living stones. That's what Paul says, uh, Peter says, the living stones. They're the, the stones who have the life in them. So you would have a gathering, for instance, one of the gatherings we attend here, uh, regularly and let's say there are 30 people present um, in that meeting I am fully aware that there is maximum 20 of those that are gathered if that that are living stones there are other Others that are gathered that you could call enquirers. You could call them interested people um, and seekers. You could call them something like that. Interested people, um, something like that. But they should not really be counted as living stones. Um, because the real fellowship, of course, is among the living stones. So the second component of a church is that it is a place of living fellowship, of care, um, of love, of, um, I suppose, you know, fellowship, the beautiful word fellowship. Not something that's just in the meeting, but where there's care and love between people. So that's the second component. And the third component, I would say, as far as the gatherings are concerned, uh, it, it is a place where there is a freedom for the Lord's gifts and ministries to emerge in at least most of the meetings. Um, so you've got those three components. 
I hardly ever met any place where all of those three are present in all our travels. So if a person moves to another town, two things. One, you have to decide, that person has to decide what is most important. So you might go to a, an assembly where there is uh, some real loving fellowship between people, but there's no real word. And there's no real liberty in the meetings, but there is loving fellowship. And you may say, well, that's where I want to go. That's, that's, that's it. And along with that, you have a sense that the Lord is joining you to the body. Or to some, it may be that it's the word that's most important and there's a good preacher there and you go there for the preaching. But as far as warmth of fellowship is concerned and real mutual care, it's virtually non-existent. But you go for the word and you have to accept the restrictions. And the restrictions will include that you will have not much room to say anything or do anything or encourage anyone. And that's very sad because something crucial, fellowship, is being denied you. And then, of course, um, if the meetings themselves are completely pre-arranged, pre everything is ordered to time and so on, then, of course, you will have no ability to um, bring a word, bring a vision, bring anything, and you have to accept the limitations of that. Um, and so there we are, kind of, in those sort of situations where, um, what do we do? Well, one of the things is, uh, I think, understand that the day is coming when these larger places where everything is prearranged and mapped out will gradually fade. And the church will be forced into a simpler basis. Perhaps in homes, in smaller groups, um, that that is coming. We've moved through a time, I mean, I don't want to go into church history, but um, we've moved through a time of the elevation of the mind above the spirit that has been consistent in the churches for 500 years. The elevation of doctrine and mind uh, has taken precedence um, and of course some people have balked against it um, and uh, Pentecostalism and the charismatic movement in, in, in one way has been a, a, a reaction against the dominance of the mind and the reasoned approach and apologetics and so on. 
Some of you will know of a great tragedy that happened recently with uh, uh, one of the great uh, 20th century and early 21st century apologists. Um, and some of you will know uh, the, the things that the tragedy that has happened in his case. And um, there was a, there's a famous preacher who made this observation, knowing this brother per- personally, this apologist knew him well, shared the platform with him on occasions. And this famous preacher, teacher, Bible uh, minister made this observation. He said, I observed that in all his ministry, he did not use scripture, but he used reasoned arguments. He was not biblical. And uh, that's uh, an amazing thing. I'm getting slightly off the point, but you can see that there's something very difficult about church, about real church. And you have to be willing, I think, to to accept that there may be two of those components that you know are fundamental to real church. They may be missing and you have to decide which component it is that is most important to you. And along with that, that deep sense that God is joining you to that place as much as you can be joined. I come back to what Peter says in 1 Peter 2, uh, where he comes back to you all as living stones. Living stones. And... Um, how does the a lot of churches break it all down? Well, they break it all down into programs, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and so they manage to engage some people uh, who are willing to serve in the Sunday school program or the Bible class program or the singles program or the something rather else program. And that's the the effort that is made to to serve. Um, so I, I find myself having little hope for the church as now is, um, because I know that the church of the Lord, uh, in its simplicity, thrives best in times of persecution and difficulty um, and should keep its machinery simple, Mm -hmm. um, should labour at it, should labour at it um, to to keep itself simple and in the Lord and to minimise organisation, to to minimise all that and to promote but if it's not coming by revelation to people's hearts and leadership's hearts that this is god's way then things will be perpetuated in the same Mm -hmm. 
way they always have been. So there's little you can do, you know. Um, uh, I sound rather miserable, don't I? Um, uh, but the day is coming. But does that make sense, these components, you know, that make up church? Do comment, do comment, uh, do comment, Mark. Yeah, no, it makes, uh, it makes, it makes good sense to me. I suppose, um, yeah, it's, maybe it's my makeup or, or it, I think I find the thought that you have to kind of exist in this kind of compromised place difficult, to be honest, mm. and maybe others feel like that as well that you're kind of realizing that things aren't quite as they should be and you kind of have to go along with it to some degree now that may be the kind of um uh the person that i am uh, and maybe for others it's it's easier to go along but you know i definitely resonate that that those three things uh, to to find them and to be part of a fellowship where that's a reality is a very rich and and wonderful thing. Mm. I could just imagine that for some people it might be a very difficult place to be in as they are more and more compelled that that these three things are, are the reality of what it is to be the true church and yet not the reality of their experience. How how how's how do we manage that? How do we? Um, live in that um, should we seek after a sim you know a, a more simple way you know even if that's just a, a very simple gathering with one other family uh, with two other people or, um, and so on and, and um... if if God gives vision and burden do it do exactly that I mean, Hazel and I were praying together today and uh, in the midst of the prayer, we particularly prayed for the Lord to give one couple. Uh, Lord, please give them at least another couple of kindred heart uh, because they're alone and um Lord, please give them meaningful fellowship where they can, <clears throat> you know, encourage one another in you. Now, that we've got to avoid selfishness in talking this way. Mm. But to, to gather two or three or four together of kindred spirit, I mean, let's take a prayer meeting, shall we? Many prayer meetings, their prayers don't get any higher than the ceiling. Um, because, of course, half the people in the prayer meeting are thinking about their pet poodle who's just been to the vet and has got something wrong with it or something. Um, whereas others are breaking their hearts for God's church and they pray, and their prayer reaches right up to the throne, but doesn't carry the weight of two or three gathered together in his name, in absolute kindred spirit that it cleaves heaven. I myself, 
was in one church where I stopped going to the prayer meeting because it was just a list and you had to go through the list and there was no real prayer in that prayer meeting at all and I thought I'm not going to go it's it's not you know I I felt as though I was interrupting the program if I let my heart go, go and pray and and so in the end I did it a few times and then I I just withdrew from the prayer meeting well you know you might say that's running away but you know there are other things to do I could um, you know be before the Lord myself and you know these things uh, I mean I, I would myself encourage people very very much I think there's someone on here tonight who lives just up the road from us and I know they have a house meeting they a few people gather to pray um, and they come together and I'll be honest if I'm around in Exeter and travel is forbidden us um, overseas and so on and so forth it won't be long before I start a house meeting up here for whoever wants to come and just you know because I do know that there are people who are of kindred spirit who just want to be before the Lord and you've got to do it you see and um, it's there in your heart. It's it's a vision that you have. And, of course, it brings with it certain uh, dangers, doesn't it, of uh, elitism. You want to avoid that. Exclusivism. You must avoid that. Simplicity, gathering simply to the Lord. And, uh, you know... I, for one, would encourage people, if God's putting it into your heart, do it. Use your house, use your home, meet in simplicity and uh, just gather around the scripture um, and, the, you know, the Lord's word and gather to him. And I, I very much would encourage it and to not be inert. Um, mm. Could I, sorry, could I just quickly, my internet dropped out, my connection dropped out. The three things, I missed the three, the three things. Oh. Uh, Knowing Bernard, he probably can't remember, so. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, The place, I wrote them down. So the place where the word of the Lord is heard. Yeah. And, uh, um, the place of living fellowship. So care and love. And living stones joined together. Okay. And then the place where there is freedom for the Lord's gifts and ministries to emerge mm. in most of the meetings. Yes. Mm. So just to follow on from that, that in most of the meetings, there yeah. is a, a kind of permission for an occasional meeting where, which is much more led by, by one person is that what you're hinting at with that yes definitely i think you know when you look into the scriptures themselves in the new testament you have the famous scripture in 1 corinthians 14 26 where you have a plurality of gifts an ad hoc list of things that paul mentions revelation a teaching a, a psalm 
you know, there's this ad hoc list that he doesn't even mention prophecy in it, but he's, it's, it's couched in the whole chapter about prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14. But then you travel in. So in other words, that would be a meeting where someone like me, uh, might not say anything or, you know, just, you know, hold still and be quiet and participate uh, uh, just a tiny bit. Um, but then you've got in Acts 20, you've got the Apostle Paul and he's in Ephesus and the whole church is gathered together and he seems to be monopolizing because of his much, because of his gift and his role among those people. They continue all night and old um, Ephtychius falls out the window, um, you know, because <laughs> he falls asleep. So even the best preachers put people to sleep. <laughs> but um, so take heart if you see people dropping off. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, it's it's a wonderful thing. You see, so you've got a meeting there. So there's room for what I would call conference ministry and uh, where you have a, a a series of gatherings where you 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 gather in a concentrated way and you listen and receive from ministries that are distinctly given of god for the edification of the church and one of the dangers and and i have consistently seen this with conferences that can conferences have declined in their efficacy and their power where they have turned to uh uh, keep out the more conference ministry uh, ministries that challenge ministers that stir ministries that have a prophetic uh, um, element that is powerful and and reaches down to the depths that conferences have pushed that to one side and they've turned to seminars seminars on how to do this and how to that how to do that to divide up into how-to groups on this that and the other whereas uh, i think it was um recently wasn't it somewhere i spoke a little bit about what peter said where that jesus came to bring us to god that uh, that is why jesus came to bring us to god not just to bring us to heaven and uh, um you know he 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 real ministry the the purpose of gathering is that people should be brought to god our children i mean you have children's ministry it's the intention is not to teach them bible stories Underneath all that, your desire is to bring those children to God. Uh, teenagers, it's not to entertain teenagers. Meetings aren't entertainment. They are to bring people to God, not to be places where they can release their musical gift or something like that. Have a social gathering where they can all have a jam. That's the best place for their music. And I mean that. 
Uh, I've seen that in operation where the musicians would just come and jam together and have some, and that was a social uh, gathering and, and where the, the young people gathered, for instance, to play basketball together, to play games together, so that there's social gathering, but the actual meetings that they had were to bring them to God, not to entertain them. Am I making myself clear as I say that? Because uh, I think it's quite important because otherwise the young people, we must have that which is social gatherings. There must be afforded opportunity for young people to meet with young people for their own good. We must provide that socially so that in a healthy way they can interact and so on. And there ought to be homes that are open to facilitate that where you're not gathering for a meeting you know, you're gathering so that under certain gracious atmosphere, they can enjoy themselves together, you mm. know, have extended food, you know, those things where you eat food from house to house and all that sort of stuff and finish up with ice cream somewhere. And or, you know what I'm getting at. Or, um, yeah. You yeah. know, let's try and um, vary things so that you've got Paul... You've got room for ministry. You've got times where quite clearly, um, Acts 4, where they all gathered for prayer. They just prayed. They found themselves turned to prayer, you know, so doesn't seem there's any preaching there. It, it just, they just, everything turned into prayer. And, um, you know, some of us have been in meetings where everything turned into um, praise and worship without any, um, you know, just the Lord did it. So there was no preaching there. There may have been some prophetic utterance, but, you know, so there's a latitude, there's a liberty. Um, we're a long way from these things with all the prearranged, pre-ordered, you know, time-dominated mm-hmm. Uh, brother, you got 20 minutes um, if you're the preacher, this sort of thing, you know. Um, but God will bring that sort of thing again. God will bring it. Yeah. Mm. Great. Thank you. Um, now, I, I've got another question, but I want to give anyone else a, a, an opportunity, anything stirring to for anyone to... Uh, Ginny, if you unmute yourself. Uh... Yes. Hello. Um, I feel that I'm in a very peculiar place because... We came to win Canton as a couple. I am now a widow. Um, I have tried to return to the Baptist church where we both felt we were being led to. But Mm -hmm. as a a single woman, a widow now, I just don't feel I fit. And for all of the prerequisites, Bernard, that you are so graciously um, commanding the floor with, <laughs> where is a fellowship like this? There is, there is nowhere. Mm. So do you see people like me just having to be on my own? And I, God forbid if I should become a, a spiritual um, crumpled up heap. I mean, you know, there's mm. got to be life somewhere. Mm. 
Um, but I think, and I've seen from experience, you've either got a totally dominated meeting led from the front and you know exactly where I'm referring to, or else you've got a place that I have just left that has notes and um, ADM notes and, um, okay, it had open prayer, but there was there was no allowance, no time afforded for the true moving of the Holy Spirit because everybody had to be out by a certain time and people had to clean up and 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 disinfect and what have we. But it it, it must grieve Father's heart so much. I have no doubt. When he has given his church so much, his living stones, hmm. and they're just missing the point. Hmm. Yes. So what is it going to take for, well, I suppose it's going to take the church being banned for hmm. right. to be persecuted for the real church. Will the real church please stand up? Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But in the meantime. What do you do? Uh, what do you do? How far is Exeter from Wincanton? About. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is the the, the difficulty, isn't it? Uh, I know what I would do um, in that situation, where there is some. I would take as priority the word preached. Yes. And so, if there's an absence of fellowship. If there's an absence of liberty in worship and participation, if there's an absence of that, I would go to the place. In fact, we did so in Canada. Andreas and Chuilai will remember when the fellowship folded up. Um, uh, we would go to some people's houses. We would. There were a handful of us that would have little house meetings. But on a Sunday, we would go to listen to, uh, to the People's Church in, uh, in downtown Toronto uh, to listen to Charles, didn't we, Andreas? Um, uh, Charles Price. And, um, and so we would take carloads there. Uh, we'd take mm. a carload of people. Andreas would take a carload and we take a carload of people and so that at least everybody was getting something, the living word that Charles brought. Mm. But there was nothing else present um, in a way, nothing else present in that church except Charles and uh, that word that the Lord granted him. And it was very edifying. That's what we did. So we chose as the most important of those three components where the word is preached, and we went faithfully. When we were home and not away in those Canada years, we went to that place. And um, and all the while, at that point, I had the hope that the fellowship would re-emerge on better ground, but it, it, um, I'm not quite sure what has happened now. But, um, you know, the, the, these are serious things, and... But to me, the word of the Lord is the most important of the three. Um, and that's what I would choose. And in fact, Hazel and I did it um, when we were looking after my mother and we came back to the UK. 
and we were looking after her in the Colchester area and we found a church where we could go and um, occasionally take mum and where the pastor brought the word of the Lord and in time we had very good fellowship with him and his wife actually and mm. we we are still in touch with them though he's in, well up in his 80s now so I don't know whether that helps Ginny um, and all the time I have to say this you I'm looking for kindred hearts mm. you know, so that Mark mentioned about well, what are you looking for when you go into certain places there I have to say this to you there are churches that I have preached in where if I'm asked again I will not return uh, and I've turned them down if they've asked me to go again because I did not find that there was a hunger and thirst in their hearts for the word of the Lord and I'd rather be with three people who are hungering and thirsting after the Lord than 300 to yeah. whom you're just like God said about to dear old Ezekiel, you know, you're just someone who sings a nice song. They don't take mm. any notice of it. And um, mm. I'd rather be with the three than the 300. And that would be true in places like Malaysia, where I have preached in quite frequently in churches of three and five and 6,000 people, and I no, I no longer want to go to them. No. I, say to, I say to BB, I, I don't, I'm not really interested in, mm. in, in taking a weekend there. They, I'm just singing a pleasant song. I'd rather go to that fellowship down there that's got 30 people and who, who've got a heart going after God. Um, so, hope that helps a bit, Ginny. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I would like to just uh, mention a few things. It's very hard to express your heart. Um, God, how do we go about this? Sorry, uh, Doreen, you're not, you're not very clear. Maybe it's just me. Just, uh, oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's better, yeah. All right. Um, it's taken me a long, long time to come to the very basics of what we are supposed to be taught, you know. Um, I had a friend that uh, he's very good at, uh, expressing and teaching the word but he says like he was a builder and when you build something the foundation has to be the right foundation it has to be the right measurements and everything else and if it's a little bit out then everything that's built on that is out and you have to fit it in to the foundation which is faulty mm. And I'm beginning to see that God has put all the laws out there and they're coming back to him. They're proving his uh, genius, his whatever we want to look at it as. He knew what he was doing. He had a plan. And if we don't follow that plan, we can't change it to fit in so it works with what we think is God's way. So it's coming back to the foundation of, 
trusting <laughs> and obeying God, you know. It's not enough to preach the word. Are people being changed by it? Are they obeying the word and being changed by it? And I have to look at myself before I look at anybody else. But as I do, I begin to see that as I, as I obey, then God gives me how to move the next step. He will not give me how to move until I obey what I know, right? And when I obey what I know, then he gives me the next step. So I, I've been studying about Moses. You know, God had a plan. God has always had a plan and nothing can stop that plan. But because God is make, working with man, sometimes his purposes have to change because men don't always do what God wants them to do. So God is working patiently with the material that he has, but his plan is still going through. So then I come to the fact, what if God wants to do something absolutely brand new and we keep holding on to the past of how we did it or something that worked rather than just coming to the simplicity that God is God and we have to submit to him and let him do what he wants to do. And <laughs> It's taken years and years to just come back to that basic thing. So those are my questions before God. You know, here I am, a, a woman, uh, wasn't raised in a church, came out of the street into Christ. And really, I've been asking myself, what is it I've been searching for? And I believe it's truth. I'm searching for truth. And God says, Jesus said, I am the truth. You know, so it's a person. It's coming back. And I hear him saying that the reason we're in this situation we're in today is because man has been faulty building the church through this faulty foundation. And this is what it's come to. And God is patient enough to say, now this is the end of all things and I am going to change things. So, what if there isn't going to be another form of uh, church, but um, uh, a sifting, a sifting of God separating what's his and what's not? And we are learning. I'm just reading in Hebrews about coming into that rest, you know, and beware unless you come short of that rest that this is what God has been after from the beginning is that we come into him and let him have his way. And then the end is already been taken care of because of who he is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, what I would say, Doreen, is that most certainly um, the church returning to the simplicity requires two things. One, real revelation of what church is coming to certain key men, and I come back to men, uh, to leaders. Leaders must undergo a such a distinct appreciation of what, you, you see, I mentioned earlier on, and it's something I want to take a session on, not necessarily uh, 
on these series of Zooms, but on the priesthood, that the priesthood is the heart of all ministry. And uh, the gifts, what we know as the gifts of the Spirit, are methods or uh, abilities that God gives so that what does the priestly ministry do? It brings God to the people and the people to God. That's what the priestly ministry does. That is our ministry. So that if you're working among students, you're not trying to bring them to heaven. You're not trying to get them into a heavenly insurance policy. You're seeking to bring them to God, to the life that's in Christ. And the ministers of the new covenant, the covenant was in the hands of the priests. And when the priesthood goes wrong, everything else goes wrong. So that when Moses went up the mountain, what did the high priest Aaron do down the bottom? Gave in to the people, the whims of the people. They made an idol and called him God and they declared a feast of the Lord, Jehovah. They still called him Jehovah, but he was an idol. And they rose up to have a feast and they danced and they played and had a happy time. The priesthood went astray. The covenant was no longer ministered. The people went astray. Their worship went astray. Everything went astray. And the man came down from the mountain. You've been reading about Moses. Moses with Joshua came down from the mountain, having been meeting with God. And in the end, he, he, he spoke against it. He broke the tables of stone and he ground up their idol and made them drink it. And that's very serious stuff. That's very serious stuff. And it, it came down from heaven and Moses came down from heaven. He came from the heavenly mount. You know, he'd been up there with God. And uh, he had the pattern showed him. And you see, this is where we all come in. Oh, God, give us men from heaven. <laughs> you know, if I can put it that way, you appreciate it. I'm talking about ladies as well. But principally, yeah. you see, Lord, and this is where we can all come in. You see, we we all have access in our priestly ministry to the Lord. And part of our priestly ministry, of course, is to, to travel. Someone prayed this morning in our, in our noon meeting. And as she prayed, I sensed the, not her travail only, but the travail of the Lord Jesus over his people, over his church. 
And as she was praying, this word came to my heart, you know, from the end of Isaiah 53. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. He shall bring forth anew, but it will be against the background that you are saying of sifting. The church will be sifted. It's being sifted. Uh, And younger people, some of them, most young people, real young ones, don't think. You know, the under 30s don't think. The zeal carries them along. But when they get to 40 and 42, they think. So I had a lengthy email yesterday from a, a young man that I've known a long while. And he suddenly came out of the blue and wrote to me. And he's come across some of the messages on YouTube and he's been listening. And he he said, you know, something's being said that is, he used the word, resonating with the troubling and the travailing that I've been going through in my heart about what's happening where I am. And what I'm seeing as a young brother what some of my friends are going into and carried away by and all the rest of it. And he was just so grateful that for a voice, and we must pray. You know, I hope that what I've brought over these weeks has not had the sense of grumbling or complaining about it or nasty criticism because it's not my heart at all. But you see, I know that um, the church can only be surviving and alive. I mean, I saw it in, you know, East Germany, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Burma, China. You see, where socialism took a grip, communism took a grip, the real church was in the homes and in the forests and in the decrepit buildings that we used to meet in. Mm. That's the real church. And it was all mixed up. Nobody was bothered about what the music was like. Nobody was bothered about the young people this and old is that. You know, we were all thrown in together. Mm. The whole bunch was all thrown in. And... um, you know, and so you, it's a bit of a taste. Um, and it, I, I, I mean, again, foundations. You know, there, if I told you this story, um, a group that we got involved with um, and tried to help for several years in a certain country. And I used to go to that place and do a conference. And they used to put a marquee up because a lot of people came and the building couldn't hold them in the grounds. And we had, and apparently I'd had a vision in, in, in that place one day and I'd forgotten this vision. I was reminded of it years later. 
and the vision was of a building, four square, and the foundations being laid in the building. And on one of the walls, there was a significant fault in the foundation, just one of the walls. And in the vision, the walls had been built up and built up and the building had gone up and then they reached a point where the weight caused the building to fall because that crack, you know, everything fell. And then they didn't change the foundation. They started to build again. And the same thing happened. They reached a certain point and then the building fell. And then they started again and they built again. And if my memory serves me right, it was four times they built again and they reached a certain point and it fell flat again. And then we were there on a certain occasion. I'd forgotten this vision entirely. And we were there involved and the building fell again. And a lady came to me and said, the building's fallen again. She was living in another part of the country. And she said to me, the building's fallen again. Do you remember the vision that you had 12, 14 years ago? And I had totally forgotten. And she said, well, this is exactly what happened three times already. And now it's happened a fourth time. And you see, that's, that's the thing. A church cannot be built on core values. It cannot be built on core values. Christ is the foundation. His living, wonderful life is the foundation. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where we must come. We, we must come there. And you see, I myself know that it is a profound frustration to only be able to give part of yourself. So I'm back to Ginny now, going to the church where there's the word is being preached, but you can't give yourself. You see, because when God gets hold of our hearts, you know, it's not, I mean, do you appreciate that I'm sharing the Lord's word and trying to help this evening? But you know, my heart, wherever I go, I want to give myself. That's what the ministry is all about. You want to give yourself to people. Jesus came to give himself for us so that he can give himself, his life, to us. That's what it's all about. You know, and, um, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And do you know, when I think of some of the assemblies 
that I know even in our own area. Uh, you know, back to foundations, uh, ex to excavate down there and find, and oh Lord, let, let, let things begin again, you know, in some, <laughs> but it has to come from heaven. It, there has to be a Moses, you know. Mm. I found the uh, scriptures, you know, the judges very interesting because I did not read the judges. I didn't understand it, but uh, really things were a mess. Very hard to read the judges, but God raised up Deborah and Barak, you know, and, and it's very interesting what, what he was able to do through them. And here is a man who, there's a real man, you know, who understood another person, even being a woman, had a word from God and was able to submit himself to God, regardless. There are lots of men today. They do not allow women to speak or to teach or anything. I mean, I know we're not in the scriptures supposed to teach, but I do know that we have, you know, things to offer and God is speaking to us and we are different, but we do have things to help with each other, you know. So this was a scripture that really gave me good hope, you know, that, here was Deborah who uh, saw what was going on and what was needed. And, and Barak was the one, the instrument that God was going to use, but he wouldn't go without her. He said, I will go if you come with me. So he saw something in her. And this is the working together of the body, you know, and what the accomplishment was of the whole thing. She brought peace to the whole of Israel for 40 years because of that victory, you know. Mm. Uh, whether God is going to do that now, I'm not sure whether he's going to judge or whether he's going to bring something new, uh, whether we can extend the time. I don't know, I, I, but I'm glad I don't know because all I need to know is God and I'm learning more and more that if I know him, I can learn to sit quietly at his feet, obey what I know, and then work with him on things that he's asking us to to do by faith. You know, so it's all wonderful. I just I'm not discouraged at all. I just see God for who he is. Absolutely, absolutely God. Yeah. I think probably we should realize something very important that the world stinks mm -hmm. and the more worldly a church is adopting the world's ways it no longer has the light in it the, lamp, right. the lamp is not there the lamp stand is there but that which the lamp stand is for is no longer evident, no longer present. And so it's only a matter of time before the Lord removes the lamp stand. Mm. And that's going to happen. And so the judgment 
is already upon us. It's already beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, this is something that some need to wake up to, you know. Um, and again, I say this, um, before you can come down from the mountain, from the presence of God, you have to be called up. You have to be called up. Moses was called up. And, you know, this is what God will call men and women. Come up and come before me and be there. And again, I may sound critical, but I don't mean to be. Not come up and do mission. Not come up and do music. Not come up. Come up unto me and be there. That's the heart of it. And you can't come down until you've been, you've come up because you've been called up there. And, you know, this is a, a spiritual principle that is unchanging. Now, I never heard what I just said ever spoken among the 140 students at the college that I was at. But I did hear missionaries coming and pastors coming and exhorting the, the young students, you know, to do this mission and go there and go that and do the other. But I never heard one man ever say, come up. Never heard anyone say that. And, uh, you know, that's important. And I know where the perseverance and the joy of service comes from. It comes up. It comes out from the fact that you've come up. You've been up and you go up and you go up regularly and you hear from God freshly and he takes away from you the negativity and the misery and the uh, critical spirit and gives you boldness, you see. And this is where there are so many, many, many depressed ministers and pastors, you know, who are busying themselves. Do you know what one man said to someone who may be on tonight? Perhaps he's not because they had a busy weekend. But he said to me that in the church that he's part of, that uh, the question was asked, what is the most depressing time of the week for you? And the leader of the church said, Saturday night, where I suddenly realized God, I've got to preach tomorrow and I haven't got anything. 
And I think to myself, oh, Lord, you know. Um, that is the testimony, the words of someone who's never come up. Never heard that word, come up. Because when you come up, God gave and filled Moses' hands with tablets of stone and a pattern for the tabernacle, didn't he? he filled mm. Moses came down full. Then he found them down the bottom of the mountain, gallivanting, drunk with their false worship. And this is the serious sort of straits that we are getting ourselves into and um, in the churches. And the Lord help us, you know, but he shall see of the travail of his soul. And he's satisfied. Amen. Back to you, Mark. Um, oh. Mark, is it possible? Well, we're, we're getting is a it... bit short on time, so uh, I was going to draw us to an end, but if you can be, can we uh, try and be a little quick and uh, we'll try and squeeze one more in then, Stan? <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, Bernard and Hazel. Yeah. And uh, inspiration flowing through experience, word of all. We're, you're breaking that down. I would say, yeah. sorry, inspiration flowing through experience speaks the most powerful word of all. Yes. I I will understand that you would know who spoke that sentence and my presence with you from the seventies and what I'm today as mystery in that sentence. Breaking up, Stan. We can't yeah. hear you. No, sorry, Stan. We'll we'll have to leave it because yeah, we can't. We I'm can't. Sorry, sorry, Stan. You, I think we're losing. We've lost you completely. Yeah, you could write it down. Yeah, and uh, come back to it next week or something. I don't mind. Um, we can carry on, Mark, next week like this if people wanted it. I, I'm quite happy. Well, I think if uh, if people have other questions that haven't been covered, then. Why don't you drop me a note uh, on the email and uh, we can see if we can follow up. Um, we're also keen to give you freedom, Bernard, to, to share what the Lord puts on your heart. I know there are other things that you wanted to to share as well. So uh, I think I hope it's been helpful for for people uh, just a chance to to ask and to grapple and to think uh, through some of these things. And, and you know, just reminded at the end there, that, that really what we need is a, a a revelation from God as to what his heart is, his church is mm. uh, coming to us, that he calls us up to be before him and to know his heart and to know his pattern. And these aren't things we can we can engineer or manufacture, but it's it's from him. Mm. And so we just um, come with open hearts. Now I'm conscious that um, for for some, you know, yeah, this isn't easy this this subject it touches on things that are difficult for mm. for us and uh, it would be good if um 
just have a, a little moment where we pray for one another. You yes. know, we don't know one another's situations, many of us. Um, but let's just take a moment, maybe two or three, just lead us in prayer, lead, pray for one another, pray that the Lord would continue to reveal his heart for his Amen. people in these days to us and that we would be very open and receptive to, to receive what he wants to teach us mm. in these days. So uh, if, if you uh, just feel able to unmute yourself and just lead us in prayer, uh, that would be that would be wonderful. Mm. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord. Mm. Lord, we thank you for... Mm this glorious life that you impart to human hearts, Lord, you give. Lord, you long to fill us again and again with this glorious life. You give to us the food of heaven, the bread of heaven. Lord, you give us life, life that is eternal. Lord, and there's a longing, Lord, in our hearts why this is why we've gathered together over these months. Yes, Lord. Because, Lord, we want to go on. We want that fire, Lord, that has been kindled in us to burn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lord, to be able to be the men or the women, the brothers Mm. or sisters as we are. Mm. In the church, Lord, to be a comfort to one another, to draw others, O oh God, into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Lord, to be discontent with anything less. Mm. But Lord, oh, that thy blessing might be upon your people in these days. Yes. And hearts and lives will indeed, Lord, come submissively mm. to thy throne. And receive, oh God, all that you have Mm. for us in these days. It begins here, Lord. Mm. Such is your love for us. Such is your care. Such is your wisdom. Such is your understanding of every situation that is online tonight. Oh God, every heart, Mm. whether we're young or old, whether we're man or woman. You know us, Lord, greater than we could know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we long, we long, Lord, for more, Mm -hmm. that you may have the glory. Mm -hmm. And, Lord, we might be perfected. Mm -hmm. Lord, not by our own works, not by our doings, but by the glorious life of Christ within. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you for each other, we do. Mm. I thank you, Lord, for these brethren, for these sisters. Yes, Lord. I thank you. Mm. Lord, such is your goodness to each one. Mm. Amen. Amen, Lord. Amen. Yes. Oh, dear Father. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father. Bless it. Mm. Father God, I'm just so extremely 
grateful for the fact that you are the one who is building your church. Yes, Lord. And, and I love the fact that you're really telling us all to put down our tools, you know, whatever we have tried to build mm. with. Mm. You're just you're you're just calmly and maybe in some places it's a, a little more sternly. But whatever way you're doing it, you're telling us to lay down our building tools, all our traditions, all our liturgy, whatever, whatever we thought you wanted, Lord. And now I think on behalf of all of us, we ask you that the church would willingly and humbly, as our brother spoke, lay it all down again. Yes. Lord, I ask that for every church family, you know, for uh uh, Sister Ginny, Father God, all those who feel that they're on their own. Mm. But Lord, would you comfort us with this truth that, mm. you, you know, you, you've declared it and we boldly declare it. You're still building your church. Amen. And that's that's yeah. awesome. Like That's mm. wonderful to hold on to that truth. Yeah. And Lord, now we're excited. If we could just all step back mm. and say, now see what our God is going to do. And that's Father God, that's how we come to you. And we thank you that you are doing it. We thank you that Jesus Christ has made a way. And we thank you that you never left us helpless, but you gave us the spirit of Almighty God to encourage us daily. Say, keep going. Do that with what's in your hands to do. And Father God, like it's on my heart, it's an all our hands is that we can pray, we can beseech you, That's you know, right. we, can, we, we can come to you anytime That's with right. everything, Lord. But I pray that our hearts would all be for the church and that that building work, you know, would be according to God's plan. Lord, yeah. we love you. We, we honor you. Mm-hmm. I exalt you. You know, you are far above all, and and that's where we're seated right now. We can look down, and we can confidently turn to you and say, Father, you are building your church, and we're excited to watch you do it. So we bless you, and I bless all the brothers and sisters, Lord. Thank you again for Brother Bernard and Hazel, their example, Father, to all of us. You know, and and I really believe that, you know, all of us at this age, we are an encouragement to the younger ones. Mm. So, Lord, we we're going to keep going and Mm. we're going to do it according to your plan. Mm. So we love you and thank you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Blessed God. Hallelujah. Your lovely Lord. Blessed God. Lovely, blessed Lord, hallelujah! Oh, we praise you. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yes, Mm. thank you so much. Yes, we love you. Yes, Lord, we love you. Mm. Bless you. Thank you. Glory, glory, glory. Mm-hmm. Oh, Glorious church, Lord. Blessed God. So blessed God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we do thank you for um <laughs> For these times of true 
uh, rich feasting that you have uh, imparted, Lord. We thank you for um, the blessing that it is to come and just uh, just to hear your voice, Lord. And so, Lord, I I pray for for us here, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray um, for us, Lord, that there would be a a revelation, a real rich revelation, direct from from your heart, Lord, to us in these days, one of us, Lord, in, in our in our in each of our contexts in 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 the uh, churches and uh, the fellowships that we are involved with, Lord, that you would um, burn, Lord, through with your your holy fire, that it would mm-hmm. that it would engulf and inflame, Lord, mm-hmm. and, yes. and set us on fire, set us on fire, Lord. Yes, mm-hmm. Lord, that you will be um, the one that is proclaimed. Mm-hmm. That it will be your voice <coughs> that is heard, Lord. Man, Lord. Amen, Lord. Lord, that's the only way it'll happen. It's by your spirit and that's right. direct revelation, Lord. And that's so right. we pray, Lord, together uh, for this, Lord. I pray for each of my brothers and sisters here, Lord. And I pray that um, your kingdom come, Lord. Amen. <laughs> and that your Amen. will be done. As, yes. as that. And you said it in the beginning. Yes, it's right. the same now, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, Lord. Yeah. You you grant it, Lord, we pray. Yeah. Amen. Amen, Lord. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, Father. Amen. Amen. <laughs> The pure silent,
children, thine endless mercy seal and make our sacrifice of Amen. Amen, Lord. Amen. Oh, lovely Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord, we do pray that you would indeed uh, kindle that flame of sacred love in our hearts, Lord. We uh, we love to be your people, and Lord, we respond to your great love. Uh, we love because you first loved us, and uh, Lord, we uh, thank you for the uh, the loveliness of what it means to be your church, the beauty of your church, Lord. And uh, uh, Lord, we thank you for what you're stirring in us. And Lord, we we pray for one another. We pray, I pray particularly for people in situations that are difficult as they ponder these things and they maybe realize that that you know that, that things aren't. There's been some departure. Things aren't as they should be. And Lord, that's painful. But Lord, we pray that you would guard us from cynicism or criticism, frustration, but but you would kindle a flame of sacred love in our hearts. Love for your people, love for your church. Yes. That in our churches, in our communities, in our fellowship, we would be people who bring refreshment, that we would be people who bring. Um, life and and encouragement, no, yes. not not words of that of criticism or frustration, but mm. but words that encourage and build up and yeah. help us all together to look to you and to know your heart and to Imagine. come up and to be before you, Lord, mm-hmm. and to press on in all that you have for us. So, Lord, Amen. we we bless you for one another. We pray that yes. indeed, these would be days where there is real revelation. Mm. coming to hearts even through these sessions as to what it is yes to your church so we commit one another to you we thank you for each precious mm. person and and their heart and their, their lives and the, and the mm. different context all in but lord we thank you for knitting our hearts together we thank mm. you for the joy of kindred hearts and lord we pray for those who feel on their their own in their place that they may even just have one or two others who they know yes. to the share yes. heart that you might yes. bring into their lives. So, uh, Lord, we, we bless you. Thank you. Thank you. We mm. thank you that where two or three are gathered in your name. That's right. In the midst. So, Lord, uh, we rejoice in your goodness and in your faithfulness. And, Lord, pray that you lead us on and that you kindle that flame of sacred love in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Amen. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Has Jenny left? Jenny. Jenny, has Jenny left? I think she has, Fred. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I'm, I'm just going to speak this out. I'm going to trust it's from the Lord, but um, wherever that, that little church that she was going to, I believe there's a pearl there. And if it hasn't come all of the shell yet, she might have to just seek the Lord and, and ask. But uh, I believe there's a pearl there and she just might have to search and seek for it. Mm. Just as uh, because of your encouragement earlier, Bernard, when you said you and Hazel prayed for a couple. 
I thought, you know what, that's Jenny's, Jenny, her heart cry was the same thing. She's looking for something, and I believe the Lord has a pearl there. Mm-hmm. And she just might have to dig a little or search a little for it, you know, in that church. I don't know. So I'll just leave that. And if anybody can pass that on to Jenny, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you, Fred. Bless you. Thank you, brother. Bless you. Okay. Well, thank you all. Um, bless you all. We just uh, let's remain prayerful for one another. And uh, we look forward, we'll gather again next next week. Like I said before, if, if people have other questions or whatever, maybe fire them over to to me. If there's a lot, we'll, we'll maybe start or, or, or see how that goes, start next time. Um, otherwise, I know that Bernard does have other things on his heart to, to share in these sessions as well. So, um, good. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you all for, for uh, contributing and being part of part of this and uh, feel free to hang on and chat uh, a little bit um but but we'll kind of close off here as it were officially so thank you all thank you you, we'll make sure fred that uh, Ginny. i'll make sure she uh, uh, gets to hear that thank you sir